Well, welcome again, and uh, thanks for being here, and thanks for getting here. I, I, we were looking at the street closures this morning and saw it uh, over there, but not. we didn't think it would be closed all the way down to Main Street, so... Um, so thank you. If, for, if anybody on the online stream, because you tried to get here this morning and you just couldn't quite get here, uh, my sincerest, uh, I guess, apology. I mean, I don't feel that bad. I mean, I didn't do it. I didn't shut the streets down. <laughs> I mean, actually, I know who did. <laughs> so we could talk to that person at some point. But anyway, um, we're, we are here. It's just good to see you. Um, we're continuing our sermon series on prayer. Um, we are, as human beings, just wired to pray. All humans, not just Christians. I mean, people of all cultures and faiths, um, Buddhists, Muslims, Hindus, even atheists, are, you know, people who are non-believing, are known to just call out in prayer to God. Did you know that? I, w- I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and it was a Christian and an atheist having a conversation, and the atheist at the end said, you know, I don't know if God hears my prayer, but my prayer would be this. And, and the Christian guy said, oh, he hears you. And, uh, but uh, as, P- as Christians, as followers of Jesus, uniquely, we have this access to God because we've been reconciled to God through the work of Jesus where our prayer can just be so free and so connected to our Heavenly Father. And we want to know that type of prayer, not just the desire to pray, but an experience of it uh, that's vibrant and real. So, so far in this series, we, that first week, we really kind of looked at this notion of Praying to a God who is both holy and other and great, but also who is Father, who desires to uh, communicate with us, and and living in that tension as we pray. Last week, we looked at uh, prayer is listening, right? You wouldn't go to your doctor and share all your ailments and then walk out the door. We we, uh, listen for the voice of the Lord, and there's different ways that the Lord will speak to us, but we do believe that God desires to communicate with us through his word and through prayer. And so this week, we're going to consider ask, asking, <clears throat> asking God in prayer. And there does come a time to just ask God for things. But that raises a whole bunch of questions. You know, am I asking for the right things? Am I asking in the right way? You know, what, what are things that God wants me to pray for? And are there things God does not want me to pray for? Um, why do I ask things of a God who already knows what I need or what I want? You know, why would I pray to a God who's just going to do his thing anyway? Um, Will I actually change God's mind? Um, You know, or why don't I get what I ask for? Or the question, you know, why would I pray to a God who's let me down before? I prayed for something good and sincere and God didn't come through. All these kind of questions come up when we start asking. Uh, So these are questions about asking if that makes sense. And I can't address every question about asking today, but I want to start to tackle this in a way. And my hope for us is to just finish today and and be able to um, just ask, to just get over it, and to just uh, embrace the God who desires for us to ask him uh, for things. And so I want to look at these two passages of Scripture. Both have aspects of asking that I want to consider and um, a number of things to consider. Let's pray as we approach this. So, Father God, for uh, your goodness, we praise you uh, for bringing us together today. Um, 
for the fact that we believe you have a, a good purpose for our being here and for our uh, experiencing what we're experiencing of you and, and of this uh, community of, of worship today, Lord. So we pray that you would give us insight as we seek to grow in our life of prayer, and we just uh, commit this time to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, so four considerations that we get from these two texts, four things to consider as you ask God in prayer. The first thing I want you to consider is the promise. And hear this promise, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks the door will be opened. What an amazing promise that God says, if you're going to ask of me, that's when you're going to receive. When you start seeking me, you're going to find me. When you're knocking for that path, the door is open to you. This is, we will... uh, be answered, we will find, we will, we will see that door opened. And there are other promises, astounding promises of Jesus uh, in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, you know, ask anything in my name and I'll do it. I mean, ask anything and the Father will do it. it. It's just these promises are astounding to us. Therefore, the barrier to prayer, again, is not praying. Ask. The invitation's right there. It's wide open. Ask. Just ask. Just pray. In, in James's letter, he says, you don't have because... The reason we don't receive sometimes is just we're not asking. Well, why don't we ask, though? Sometimes we don't ask because we feel like it's just too small, the thing that we're asking. I don't want to bother God with my thing that I'm looking for or this answer or this need. And and Jesus said, when you pray to God, say, give us this day our daily bread. Just a meal. As simple as that, as small as that, God cares for that. It's not that just God just cares about the big, huge thing. Lord, we pray for the end of wars, and we we pray for peace on earth, we pray for the return of Christ. And Yes, 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 100% yes, but also just a piece of bread that I might be sustained today. Nothing is too small or unimportant for God. There's other people who don't ask because there's this sense that, well, if I keep going to God with all these requests, that's kind of selfish, right? A higher way of praying perhaps would be to just go into prayer without any needs. I'm not here to get anything from God. I'm just going to praise God. I'm just going to worship in my prayer. I'm just going to reflect. And contemplation is somehow a higher form of prayer than my little selfish demands. And that's a false spirituality. The Bible is full of people of faith. Just read through the Psalms or look at the prayers of Jesus who are you know, seeking God, asking of God. The Bible's full of petitionary prayer, you know, petitioning God, seeking God, asking God, without any excuse. It's not that it's somehow higher to not ask. Um, So then what happens is, but we still don't ask because we get hung up on this notion of God's sovereignty, which we believe fully that God is sovereign over all things, um, and that our prayer isn't really going to make a difference. Right? God's in control of everything. How would my, my prayer doesn't control God in any way. And 
what we need to understand is that it's part of God's goodness, it's part of his design, and indeed part of his sovereignty that he makes prayer possible, that the world is, in a sense, susceptible to our prayer. Now, how God uh, maintains his sovereignty and allows our prayer to, to be effective in outcomes in the world, like we, that's a mystery. And the more that we just sort of try to um, divide out that mystery, the more we try to explain it, the, the more lost we get in it. For example, if you're to look at a beautiful piece of art, and you say, what makes this art beautiful? So you're in a, you're in a gallery. Or you're out in our rotunda we looking at this um, knife shop falls. The closer you get to it, if you really want to analyze it, you go up super close to it, it makes no sense. It doesn't look like anything. And if you had a magnifying glass, I want to see why this is a beautiful painting. You take a magnifying glass, get real close. It just is lumps and, and, and colors that don't make, that are hard to understand how they fit together. Unless if you were to take a scanning electron microscope and have a scan of this whole painting. You need to stop analyzing it and step back and look at it and say, wow, this is beautiful. It works together perfectly. That God, same thing with prayer. We need to stop trying to pick it all apart, step back, look at it, and say, wow, God is sovereign, and God is in control of all things. And yet, when we pray, and we seek, and we ask, we, we find, and we are answered in that. And God is at work as we pray. And just stepping back, because we consider the promise that everyone who asks receives. The second consideration as we ask God for things is consider the goodness of the Father. And we see this in verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. Um, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? It's a, it's, a, it's a great illustration. Jesus is saying, you are not God, and yet you understand this concept that you want to bless your children. You want to give them good things. You don't want to give them harmful or bad things. How much more does our Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to his people? God is not going to give you a bad thing. When we ask him for whatever we're asking, he's not going to curse us in that. He's not going to harm us in that. God desires to give us what is good. And, and, and that is the heart. You know, I'm, I'm a, I, f- I appreciate this illustration because I love to um, bless my children and I, I want to love them well, but I'm n- not perfect. But there is something to this. My kids walk to school. Or they're supposed to walk to school. We live, we're not within the busing zone, so they have to walk it's a good mile, you know, 20-minute walk to school, and, and uh, that doesn't bother me at all. It's just, that's, you know, we live in a great neighborhood, and you go to a great school, just get there, walk. And, um, but most days I drive them. But I make them ask me every single day, Dad, can you drive us to school today? Every day. And... Here, this is, and it's, if they say, Dad, are you driving us to school today? I say, no one's asked me to drive them to school today. And they say, Dad, 
Will you please drive us to school today? Yes. At least partway. I don't always drive the whole way. Oh, I don't want to get stuck in that line. The, um, my point is this. And I was talking to my son about this, and he gave me permission to, to share. He said, yeah, you know, he's like, that is annoying that you do that every day. But it does, it does remind us, you know, that you, you don't have to drive us and that it's a, you know, we, we appreciate you take your time to drive us to school. I actually appreciate having a little bit of interaction with them, um, those few moments while we're driving. But, um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a perfect father. I'm not even a, a great father. I just, uh, but I know that my, that little bit of wanting to bless my children is just a, how much, how much more is the question? Does God, our Heavenly Father, want to give us good things? And again, we've already prayed. You know, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, pray, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us, you know, what we need. So before you even ask for anything, you've already prayed, you know, your will be done. So whatever you ask, it's always going to be within God's will. Um, you know, Again, we don't, our desires and his will, how do they intertwine? You know, over time, the more that we know God, the more that we know his word and his way, our prayers become actually more aligned with God's way. Um, and, you know, one person said, you know, God will either give us what we ask or give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything that God knew. You know, he's going to give you what you ask or he's going to give you what is Right. And we believe that, and we trust that. However, unanswered prayer is still a huge problem. And I, my hope this week as I was preparing was that I'd have some profound answer for you and a way to explain it away, but I can't. Um, I can give a lot of partial answers and partial solutions. It doesn't make the problem go away. Like, I don't know why you know, somebody who is you know, facing a terminal illness and they just pray to be healed and God does not heal them. Or somebody who's homeless, who prays for a home and doesn't get a home. Like, why would God not answer those prayers? Um, I was, yesterday I had the privilege of going to a funeral for Allison Ballantyne. She's the mother of uh, Georgia, who um, works here at the church. And her husband, Pete, who's been a good friend of mine for many years, been in various groups together and um, kind of journeying. There's... This woman is so known and loved across New England, and there's so many people praying for her healing, and God did not heal her of her cancer, and she died, 54 years old. And her, um, she leaves her children and her husband and just so much life and vibrancy. Yet, and yet, the church was just packed with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people beyond capacity and overflow crowd to praise God and to celebrate her life. Because even though probably every single one of us prayed for her healing, we know that God's will be done and that God does not always heal, at least on this side of eternity. And so we still trust the goodness of the Father, even if the prayer is not answered. We consider that. So we consider the promise that ask and it will be given to you. We consider the goodness of God, that he's only going to give that which is good, even if we don't understand it. Thirdly, we consider the curse um, and this is where we come to this James passage. And here, the, James uh, 5.13, this is the, the prayer. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. 
Is anyone among you sick? Let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. You know, a lot of our prayer is around sickness and illness and in various troubles that we have. Why do we pray so much for sick people? Well, the reason is because that's sort of the heart of the curse of the world we live in. We live in a world that's cursed by sin. God created the world perfect, but we rebel against God's way, and that brings brokenness and curse. And the, the very first aspect of that curse is, is death, is human suffering and death. You know, in the garden, the serpent said, oh, certainly, you know, Eve says, you know, if we eat of this fruit, we'll die. And the serpent says, no, you won't. You won't die. No, the death is, is now part of our world. And then we see the sickness and suffering. So we pray uh, for healing because when we pray for healing, it's a reversal of that curse. It's about God's kingdom coming into the world to heal and to restore that which is broken. So when people are sick and their bodies are failing in different ways, we, that's going to consume our prayer because when we see people healed, um, that, that's that great reversal. So, again, you know, in verse 15, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And yet, God, God does not always heal. Now, ultimately, we believe that even, even death is this kind of this great enemy that um, God's restoring work in the world, that death can't undo that. That even though we die, we live, as Jesus said, because of his resurrection and because of eternal life that he brings us. Um, But again, when we're asking, why bother to pray if God's going to heal or not heal according to his will? It's It's because we desire to see God's kingdom come today. Ultimately, in the future, yes, we'll see it, we'll experience in its fullness. There'll be more disease, death, crying, illness, all that will be gone in the, in the kingdom to come. But in this day, we can see glimpses of it. We give glory to God for it because it reminds us of his goodness. Every person Jesus healed in this world died again. You know that, right? Like, Jesus raised a man from the dead, this man Lazarus. That man died again. It was just a sign, a foretaste, a, a pointing. And that, but that gives us great hope and that gives us uh, great joy. So healing is a good thing, and we call on God for it. There's plenty of reasons why God may not heal someone. Um, it's not, but it's not because the, the sick person doesn't have enough faith or the person praying doesn't have enough faith. It's, and again, I don't, have, I don't have a clear answer why God would choose to, uh, to not heal. But we seek it. And we ask God for it. And many times we do see it. And we give God the glory for that. Fourthly, the fourth consideration here is we need to consider the freedom of forgiveness. In this verse 15, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, Here, there seems to be a connection between the sickness and the sin. That can be the case. That our when we are uh, when we have unconfessed sin and uh, just sinful behavior, that can actually hurt our bodies in different ways. But it's not always the case. 
even Jesus said that. He was asked once, you know, there was a blind person, you know, why was this person born blind? You know, did this person sin or did the parents sin? And Jesus said, that, that's not what this is about. There's not always a one-for-one one kind of connection there. There can be, but um, we don't always know why people get sick. But the, the freedom of forgiveness is a beautiful thing. That when we pray, uh, forgiveness opens up our prayer. It, you know, there's no more this barrier between us and God. That's why when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, again, he says, pray, give us our daily bread. You know, here's the asking, but also forgive us our, our sins. Forgive us our debts. That the healing uh, can come through forgiveness. And it's just the amazing grace of God. We all need forgiveness. We're all broken and sinful and double-minded, and um, we don't always ask God with pure motives, but God desires to forgive us. And there's amazing freedom in that. So whenever you pray for whatever you're asking for, remember this. You're going to pray wrong. You're going to pray selfishly. You're going to pray. There's all your mixed motives. All of that stuff is there. And yet the forgiveness of God is sufficient for you. That, uh, the, the Scottish theologian uh, P.T. Forsyth, he said, Petitions that are less than pure can only be purified by petition. What it means there is when you pray all, you get prayer all wrong, the only way to fix that is through more prayer. And then God will forgive you, and God will, there's, there's just a rightness in the freedom that we have for that. So here's what I'd say. We take those things into consideration. Consider uh, the promise of God. Consider the goodness of God the Father. Uh, consider... The, the curse that we need to pray to see God's kingdom come and heal today and consider the freedom that we have in forgiveness. So then we can just start to ask and ask boldly. And God is a good father. He opens the door. He's undoing the curse. He's bringing healing and forgiveness. And so we expect to see answered prayer. We expect to see healing. We expect to see miracles. And we're going to gather on Friday night and share some of those stories. And we're going to uh, next Sunday, we're going to consider how we give gratitude and praise God for all these blessings. And how can God be that good to us? Because he made a way through Jesus. That Jesus is really the only one who deserves his prayers to be heard. Jesus was the only one who had a perfect, uh, sinless life and a perfect connection to the Father. And yet on the cross, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that prayer does not get answered. It goes silent because Jesus in that place on the cross is exchanging his record for our record. His prayer doesn't get answered so that our prayers can be answered. That he takes on the sin so that we can receive his righteousness so that we can boldly go before the Father. That he became sin, as scripture says, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. So we're free to ask. We don't need to analyze it. We just need to ask and we don't hold back. I want to, again, we've been trying to, through this series, have some different ways of experiencing that together. So we're going to have some time at the end of our service today to just give you some time to just ask. Seek the Lord. No matter how disappointed you've been in the past, how God has let you down, the prayers that are unanswered, to still trust God's goodness, to still seek him. We're going to have, um, we always, you know, as we usually have prayer partners up here, we're going to have extra prayer partners today. We're going to have time where you could maybe just sit in your pew and just pray and 
other people who uh, need to leave or who, uh, if, you, if you want to go, you can, you know, just be dismissed to the rotunda and fellowship and speak out there. But we're going to have a time of quiet in here to just continue to reflect and, uh, and pray together and ask God together. And I'll give some instructions on that a little later. But let's pray. Father, um, there's so much we don't understand. <laughs> there's so much mystery in this. There's so much of your will and your way that we just fall short of understanding. And yet, Lord, we trust your goodness. Yet we believe you desire to heal this world, to, um, to, to see your kingdom come on earth now as it is in heaven, Lord. Um, and one day, to, that points us to that one day we'll know it in its fullness, Lord. So help us to be people who just boldly approach you with big things and small things and all that's on our heart, Lord. And you, loving Father, will give us what we need. And so we trust you in that, Lord. Help us to grow in this as, a, as individuals and as a community. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.